Turn me up, turn me up. What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 78 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Big shouts to everyone listening to Combo's Court across the globe. The continued support, man, nothing short of amazing. Go rate, review, and punch down in that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. Today's show, CBS Sports, Reed Forgrave joins in. You could follow Reed on Twitter at Reed Forgrave. That's R-E-I-D-F-O-R-G-R-A-V-E. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats, let's get into it. Luca on the track. Read Forgrave. CBS Sports. Great to be here, brother. Great to be here. <laughs> How you feel it today? You know, I'm starting to wake up. Um, <laughs> it's a kind of like, a, it's wild. Like, I feel like it's like basically since All-Star Games, I was covering some of college basketball, more from like a draft perspective. Right? I love the draft. It's my favorite thing to talk about. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, draft is awesome. Because it's like, yeah. it's like Christmas in June, right? And everyone, every player has the potential to be awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like one of my, I mean, it's going maybe a little bit far afield to start, but like one of my favorite stories to write just in journalism is like the origin story, uh, right. where, where where a guy comes from and like what's their motivation. And that's what every college basketball player is because they're so unformed. But you right. get to write like, write a Jarrett Culver story and, and, you know, this guy's family and his brother is a track athlete uh, who might be in the 2020 Olympics. Like, I love stories like that. So, I, yeah, I'm with you, man. I love doing draft stuff. It's funny you say that because my biggest takeaway from the draft was um, Bull Bull going forty fourth. Man, I, I honestly just really felt bad for the guy, and I Ugh. I felt I felt like, you know, even I saw him play in high school, and even I felt there was like some issues with his motor. It looked like he didn't really care. But at, at Oregon, he produced. You know, he's seven three. He could shoot it. How did you feel about that? I, I felt there had to be some sort of enormous red flag on his medicals. Like I I had a source tell me that the Knicks were trying to trade into the fir- late into the first round to pick Bull Bull. And then when he kept falling, I don't know if my source was just full of it or what. But, uh, yeah, I, I felt terrible for him. I still think he has, like, a huge ceiling, right? Definitely. But, but it's got to be a medical thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I just, you know what? the explanation I could come up with. Like, and and I, I'm with you. Like, I saw him play at, uh, uh, like, I think it was the U18 – uh, tryouts in Colorado Springs uh, a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Why is why is he considered a top five pick?" Like, I, I mean, I could I could certainly see why, but I personally wouldn't have thought thought of him as a top five guy. But the fact that he out of the, in such a weak draft out of the top twenty was shocking. You know, I, I felt awful for him. I'm with you, man. Like, this is the best day of these guys' lives. At least it's supposed to be, and that turned into you know maybe one of the worst days of ball balls life other than the day that his dad passed away yeah you know and they had him in the green room that was that was the yeah. crazy part about it but you know once you get into the second round I, I know it's like needs obviously it's needs based but why wouldn't you just take a chance on the guy you know yeah no i mean 100 percent. like if you're if you're picking at 32 like come on <laughs> you know yeah. a, it was always a home run swing right he, he, he was always a home run swing with a 
high rate of failing. But yeah, in the second round, like so many of those guys never play in the league. Uh, right. Why not take a chance on a guy who could be theoretically could be great, even if that chance seems somewhat remote. Uh, I, I mean, I, I hope, I mean, you're right. People question the question is motor for as long as he's been on the radar. I hope that this could be something that gives him, you know, like can be part of his story. Just like Draymond going 35th yeah. or whatever is part of his story. I hope he, hope ball ball can memorize the 43 people drafted above him and can take it to him every time that he's on the court. With him. Definitely. You know, Everybody's uh, hyped in Brooklyn, um, but you actually wrote a piece that this whole deal was was a really high risk for uh, Brooklyn. Why do you feel that way? It's a risk you take every time, right? Uh, right. Sean, Sean Marks kind of patiently built this great culture there uh, over the past several years with one hand tied behind his back. Uh, like I was looking at their the, – the year that Sean Marks took over, they won 21 games that year. They won 20 the next year, 29 the – the year after that. Then last season, I, I'd say they came out of nowhere, but they didn't really come out of nowhere. Like, if you're paying attention, you're like, oh, they're building this nice, scrappy team filled with guys who were overlooked or, or, or kind of had to rehabilitate their careers. Um, they were never going to get past sort of that middling seed with that group. They had to make a splash. If you get a chance to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you take that chance every time. The risk I think there are lots of risks here. The number one risk is obviously Kevin Durant and how he comes back from this injury. Yeah. Uh, he's the type of player that I'm not, I'm not like overly concerned that even if he isn't physically the same, which he won't be, that he won't still be great. Like, I don't know if he's going to be best player on earth great, but I feel fairly good about him being a top 10 player in the NBA type great. Right. He's so skilled and you, just the way he shoots it, seven feet. Right. Yeah, yeah, dude, no one can stop that, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. John, Jonathan Charks wrote a piece for The Ringer, I think, yesterday, saying the model for what what KD could become is Dirk Nowitzki. I was like, man, that's really smart. I wish I wrote that. Um, yeah. That's a good point, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, KD and his sensitivity with media. New York media aren't the easiest to deal with. KD didn't deal with it particularly well this past year. And then I think, like, the most – I don't know if this is an underrated part of it or if people are honed in on it, but, like, Kyrie's a weird dude, and he can blow up locker rooms. And I'm not sure if he's particularly likable when you're around him, 82 games plus, plus playoffs for a season. That can wear on you. Yes. Uh, it's such a great locker room, such a great culture that they've built up there. I'd worry about what Kyrie can do there um, in a negative way, even though he's awesome, right? Kyrie's awesome, right? But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think the risk has been understated and I think it's a risk to take every time. Yeah. So, so Katie's not with the Warriors anymore. Uh, Clay doesn't look like he's going to be playing next season too much, at least. So there's like a narrative, you know, that the, there's going to be more parity in the league next year. Do, do you feel that is out the window if uh, Kawhi goes to the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. It would be the worst thing for the NBA, right? Uh, like. <laughs> I, I, I don't have Adam Silver telling me this, but Adam yeah. Silver doesn't want that. The NBA doesn't want that. It's yeah. I want the Lakers to be relevant, and they are now, but Kawhi going to the Lakers would be – I mean, that would you, you thought it was bad when LeBron and the Heat formed their super team. You thought it was bad when KD went to the Warriors. This would be – I mean, potentially, if those three guys are healthy – that could be the three best players in the NBA next season. All my, first, my first thought was, like, how bad does chemistry have to be for them to lose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or injury. Like, like injury is the – like, to me, like, the, the only way that they don't win a title is if 
one of those three guys get in, gets injured. Like, I don't care. Put me on that lineup, right? Like, I'm <laughs> stay on the gun. I'm, I'm 5'10 and I can't shoot. Put me in the corner to shoot threes. Like, I'll be enough of a, a, a of a presence that I that, that I help that team win. You know, it's um, funny because because Colin Coward, I was listening to you saying that um that they'll have the worst bench in NBA history if Kawhi does come though. Of course they will. Of course yeah. they will. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not sure. I mean, look, look, look the risk there again is a risk to take every time one of those guys gets injured and you're so thin, you're like in a, a, a bigger, a worse version of the Warriors this past year where uh, they, there, there were these indications of problems all season long. And they would have won it if, obviously, if KD and uh, Clay don't get hurt. They might have won it if, if only KD had gotten hurt. But, yeah, it's risky. I, just, I, I hate it, right? It's awful. It, like, please don't let this happen. By the time this – who knows, man? By the time this podcast goes live, we could have – Kawhi is a Laker, and it's going to be the worst thing ever. Definitely. Uh, let's segue to this, man. Uh, you're probably not expecting this, but you're a draft guy, a college guy. Um, Markel Fultz, do you have any insight on what's going on with him? I mean, w- when you talk to Markel and his people about it, they're like, it's just an injury. It's just right. an injury that he needs to recover from, and the injury caused everything else. Uh, and then you, when you talk to people with common sense or people around the league, they're like, got the yips man like he's uh yeah uh, like that's that's a hard thing to overcome like you don't see it in basketball that much uh baseball thing right you see baseball baseball yeah Yeah. you remember like chuck knoblock uh when he was with the yankees couldn't couldn't throw from second base to first base uh mackie sasser with the mets uh uh, steve blast steve blast disease is what it's called he has steve blast disease uh that's a that's a thing um Rick Ankiel, like all these baseball players, you see it because I think baseball is a sport that moves so slow that uh, you can get in your own head a little better. So it's weird. Yeah. If this is the case that he's gotten in his own head, it's bizarre. But And by the way, I would like to – I miss all the time on draft stuff. Like I miss so bad on Donovan Mitchell. It was like the dumbest thing I've ever – like Donovan Mitchell is now one of my favorite players in the NBA, and I was like, oh – I just don't know if he's a, if he's going to be a first round pick. He should go back to Louisville. I'm an idiot for that. But I well, I, I think I, I think a lot of people had that idea. Yeah. I don't think you were the only one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, look yeah. at it now, and you're like, what am I thinking? But I had always thought Jason Tatum should have been the number one pick. I got called an idiot uh, for that uh, over Lonzo yeah. Ball, over Markel Fultz. Uh, Markel Fultz is still incredibly talented, and I actually that where he ended up to me feels like the absolute perfect place. He got Steve Clifford a guy who's great with young players. You got this young team that doesn't have much expectations. Right. Uh, you got zero media on there, you know, no one's paying attention to the Orlando magic. Uh, I, I would not be surprised in the least to see him make some sort of impact this year. But, you know, if he's shooting like I shoot, <laughs> you know, uh, then, uh, then we got problems, man. We got problems. That hitch is crazy. Like just it's crazy. It's bizarre. I, I, I and you gotta talk about feeling awful for someone. Like I was talking with, it was like last summer. So it was before this became. This is just sort of a weird thing. Last summer, I was talking with Kelsey Plum about it. Um, you know Kelsey Plum wow. plays for the of Las course, Vegas Aces. Of course. She yeah. went to she got Washington. Wow. She's she got awesome. She's yeah. she's awesome. She was really close friends with Markel uh, when they were at Washington for that one year that Markel was at Washington. I'm describing as just this quiet, like down to earth guy who's just really sweet. 
And she just talked about how painful it was. She was going through an injury at the same time that he was going through this crap last year. And they apparently talked to each other quite a bit, just like talking to each other through this. But can you imagine being going from on top of the world to kind of a joke within the span of 12 months? That would be at, at age, he was 20, 19 or 20. That would be devastating to your ego and your confidence. And like, you know how important confidence is to a player. I think that Definitely. is ultimately what he's going to need to build back up. Because he has all the skill in the world, right? He's awesome. Um, yeah. But the guy loses their, their their confidence. And the fact that in Philly, it's like he'd be just putting up free throws after practice and there would be all these cameras trained on him, you know? That sucks. Yeah. So I, I, I hope being outside the spotlight in Orlando is the best thing that could happen to that guy. Definitely. I would have loved to see him play in summer league. Um, but that looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, so, look, they, they're talking about shortening the NBA season. Do you, you know, with this championship from Toronto and Kawhi, do you feel like there's going to be a whole load management wave coming our way for this next season coming up? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I, the first of all, the season should 82 games plus four rounds of playoffs. Like, it's an, yeah. it's an interminable season. You think the owners are going to be on board for that? Like, hey, I'll give you back several million dollars. No. Like, every game means X million dollars to the owners. And eventually that will filter down to the players. So, uh, $190 million max end up becoming $155 million max. Like, eventually that means something. So, I feel like the toothpaste out of the tube and almost impossible to put that back in, even though, to me, they very clearly should make it – even if it's 76 or 72 or 70 – Something less uh, makes sense, but if you're if you're a team with a star who has injury issues, or even if they don't have injury issues, how would you ever play that on both ends of the back to back? Why? I mean, it makes it would make no sense. Uh, so uh, Toronto did that; they played that absolutely perfectly. It was fascinating to watch that team how they just yeah. crescendoed, you know, like. All season long, they're sort of building to what they became. Obviously, the Marcus All trade changed things, but they they were just like hitting the perfect notes come playoff time. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I think I think it's a really interesting question to see how teams and ownership and coaches and general managers and players themselves will try to handle that. Seeing what Kawhi did, and Kawhi was in a unique, weird situation uh, coming off that injury that was so mysterious. But yeah. In hindsight, every it looks like everything he did was the right move. 100%. Yeah, you know what? And we'd all be talking if that four bouncer doesn't go in. We'd all be talking about the opposite, right? Like, isn't it weird right. about the NBA? Like, especially guys like us, guys like me, you know, in the, the punditry world. How, 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 <laughs> how like, oh, you know, lucky seasons and failures, they didn't make the finals. Sixers fail. What are you talking about? Like, it's a bounce here or there, man. Those teams were all, all great. Yeah, the other funny thing is, is how, like, one year a team is winning and, and the guy is the greatest coach ever. And then the next year they're not doing as well, usually because of a player, you know, and usually they won because of the players and then the yep. coach isn't good anymore the next year. No, he was always, <laughs> a, he was always a good coach. Like that bothers me. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. And all of a sudden the guy makes one shot uh, at the buzzer and he's a clutch player. If he misses it, he's I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, there is such a thing as choking, but there's definitely plenty of times where guys just miss shots where they shot it with confidence, you know? Guys just get lucky, man. Like, yeah. I remember Nick Nurse talking about this during – after Fred Van Vliet had that, like, day after he had his 
his baby game where he just went off from three, like made like six threes or something. Yeah. He's like, all y'all were saying Fred was playing poorly because he wasn't shooting well. And, and like you guys were saying, like there were, there were so many people saying, oh, Fred Van Vliet, that's got to be off the floor. Uh, he, he's not even going to be able to play because he wasn't making shots. But Nick Nurse is like, he was doing everything right. Just the shots weren't going in. I thought he was playing great. And I don't think that was just BS from Nick Nurse. I think he was absolutely right. Like sometimes the shots go in, sometimes they don't. We're going to come up with a narrative based off that. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, man. So there's a lot of Nick fans that uh, listen to my podcast. Uh, we get a lot of New York City oh, listeners. My, my, my condolences to all of them, man. <laughs> is there any is there any hope for the Knicks? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, look, if, if you look at this from afar, they look they they failed miserably. They didn't get Kyrie or KD, and they had built up the hope over the past several months that that was going to happen. Uh, James Dolan saying back in March, we're going to have a big free agency. Well, you didn't. They made some nice acquisitions. They have a nice core, potentially. I think Kevin Knox was like the worst player in the NBA the past year as far as rotation players, but he still he still Was he? Was it that bad? Was well, it that the, bad? The, the, the numbers were, I don't remember exactly, it's real plus minus or something like that. Like he, wow. The advanced numbers had him as the worst rotation player in the NBA. Um, he still has tons of potential. Like, I didn't think they used him right. And uh, David Thorpe was writing something the other day about like his confidence. It's all about confidence. And that like, he clearly lost his confidence as a guy who can get to the rim this past season. Um, but they have a nice core. Like Kevin Knox has the potential to be really good. Mitchell Robinson showed us the potential to be really good. Yeah. RJ Barrett could be uh, a James Harden type player. I, I really like RJ Barrett. I thought, uh, all the R.J. Barrett hate, hate went way overboard. Like, he had an awesome season at Duke yeah. this past year. It was just overshadowed. And speaking of motors, he wants it, you know. He's, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, around the margins, they made some nice free agency signings, and they were fairly short contracts and can make them players in free agency the next couple of years. Like, I think Julius Randle's awesome. He's not – he shouldn't be the headline of your free agent class when you're the New York Knicks, but I think he's – a fantastic player. Uh, I think Alfred Payton is fairly underrated. Um, but yeah, you, when you want to be, it's all about expectations, right? Like I used to cover politics and uh, with the Iowa caucuses, someone could go in, a, a candidate could go into the Iowa caucuses and, and like the week before the Iowa caucuses, everyone tries to tamp down expectations. So if you are expected to finish in fifth and instead you finish in third, that's considered a win. But if you were expected to win and you finish in second, it's like, oh, you got problems. So it's all about managing those expectations. Uh, Knicks fans' expectations were through the roof. Uh, right. They were going to get Zion, even though, you know, <laughs> even though like, like, a... the numbers didn't say you were going to get Zion, you know? Man, yeah, I was, I, I was in that, uh, that lottery room. And I, the, the, uh, if they could have rigged it, I'm sure they would have loved to. You know, who doesn't want the Knicks to get Zion Williams and Zion at Madison Square Garden? That would be awesome. It was a completely legit process. I can I can guarantee you that. But like, yeah, th- their expectations were through the roof. They should be. They're the Knicks. The Knicks should be relevant. NBA is different than it was a generation ago. You can be relevant in Oklahoma City or San Antonio, but still, you're the Knicks. There should be some allure there. It's kind of lost that allure, and I think yeah, I mean, since you have so many New York listeners, I'm curious. Your take, uh, do you think it's just James Dolan? People don't want to play for James Dolan? That's what it seems like for me. There's one thread that you can 
bring through all these years of Nick's, Nick's failure, all these recent years of Nick's failure, and it's James Dolan. Yeah, I think I think from a business side, you know, I think the agents are in the players' ears telling them, you know, you don't really want to go here. And on top of that, the social media era, you don't have to be in a big market anymore, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think those two things combined, you know. If, if there's one lesson from Sunday's free agency, I think it's that culture matters, you know? Yeah. Teams, culture matters, players. And that, that's why it's going to be interesting to see what Kawhi's decision is because – it's, it's looking like the Lakers. That's what everybody's saying. I think so, man, I'm gonna be so mad um, <laughs> if if he goes to the Lakers. I, I I get that that is a different thing. We talk about the Lakers culture and what a complete <laughs> show it is, right? Um, and if you look at, it's different when you got LeBron and AD. Culture doesn't really matter, right? Uh, like right, right. Two of the best basketball players I ever walked this earth. Uh, you add another yeah. one with Kawhi, but. Raptors have an incredible culture. The Clippers have just an incredible culture. They're just missing the star. Um, if Kawhi really does believe in something like culture, which it seemed like is really important to him this past season in Toronto, then he wouldn't go to the Lakers. I mean, you're rewarding them for failing and then lucking into LeBron wanting to be in, you know, wanting to wear that uniform, basically, and wanting to be in the entertainment capital of the world. Um, they kind of lucked into this. So, Oh man, if we get news that Kawhi goes to the Lakers, I'm not going to be pleased with the state of the NBA. The thing is, he already proved. So the other point of view is that he already proved he could be the best player on a championship team and be the lone superstar. Yep. So now you know he could do what he wants, maybe in his mind. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? mean? Like you'd still be the lone superstar if you're in the Clippers, you know? Like I'm sorry, actually, actually, yeah, actually, that's you true. Flip, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, that he'd be willing to kind of like take a step back and see yeah. in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, and then NBA. LeBron and LeBron's not going to be there forever, so he could become, you know, I mean, LeBron with Ann Davis. He may have began the long decline this past season. Like I don't know, man. His numbers were crazy, and they were like in the fourth spot when, you know, when, he, before little, his injury, a little bit empty, a little bit empty. The numbers, the lack of effort on the defense, but the constant lack of effort. I know that he's been known for that for a few years now, but he just like barely showed up defensively. Um, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I get that, you know, LeBron's healthy. That team clearly makes the playoffs. But there's something – and the fact that he got injured. That was the worst injury of LeBron's career. We don't know. Maybe yeah. it's because of Luke Walton's system. Um, maybe, they were running maybe. too much, and they're not going to do that anymore. But maybe that's an indication that he's getting old. I, we've been saying this about LeBron in the past few years. Like, at some point, he's going to get over the hump, and he always – you know, at some point, he's going to start going downhill. But he always is still LeBron. So yeah. I'm I'm sure I'm, this is bullshit. But there was I don't know. I, at some point he does get old. That like that's one thing that's guaranteed about every that's human true. being. Um, that's true. So yeah, I I love the idea of LeBron and AD together and whatever else the Lakers can put yeah. on them. I mean, LeBron a pick and roll. AD. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Then add Kawhi to that. I hate it. I hate it. I don't hate it. I'll hate watch it. You know, we all will. But yeah, it's, that, it's bad for the NBA. My take is is that he got you know he got a lot of rest this postseason, he got that boost with AD. Uh, I think he's gonna have a great season. I, I honestly think he can win MVP. That would be amazing. Yeah, I I love I love LeBron and I hope I hope he's not over over the hill. Whatever uh, you I know, so too. starting the long decline. But yeah. uh, what is he? Thirty four? Turned thirty five this year? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I mean he's. He's a freak of nature, right? Definitely. So, uh, yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah, man, you're headed to Vegas, so I don't know. I'm not a gambler, but um, do you know I, the odds on uh on the the Warriors winning a championship next year? Um, according to Vegas, I'm gonna look it up right now, bro. <laughs> um, let's see. Because I think uh, that I think that's interesting. The Lakers are obviously number one, uh, right. but let, let's see. The Warriors are uh, plus one thousand. One, two, three, four, fifth best odds. Wow. To win a title, which okay. feels really inflated. Like, let me tell you the teams that are equal to or lower than the Warriors. And obviously, Kawhi will change everything when he resigns. But, like, the Raptors. Raptors plus Kawhi, I'd take them. Uh, Houston Rockets. I'd take the Houston Rockets over the Warriors right now. Uh, right. Think, by the way, I think D'Angelo Russell is a terrible signing. Uh, Do you? Why so? any sense. I, I mean, really, he's such a, a ball-dominant guard. Time, right? It's... If they're planning to trade him after a year, yeah. I mean, it makes them – he is going to put up numbers, right? Like he could average 25 points per game in that offense, and he's going to look good. But he doesn't play – that's going to be one of the worst defensive backcourts in the NBA. Um, he's kind of a ball hog. He's a ball-dominant guy. I don't, does he really fit in with what Steve Kerr does? Can Steve Kerr change the way that he plays? I don't know, but people usually He fits in the sense that he's very skilled. Yeah, super skilled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, he feels like – I think I – I heard this on some podcast. I thought this was, like, very true, that he's a a floor raiser type player for for teams, but he's not going to help teams reach a ceiling. Um, I can see that. Other other teams that I I pick above – that have lesser odds than the Warriors – Celtics maybe Nuggets maybe the Utah Nuggets Jazz. wow oh they got Bobo by the way the Nuggets <laughs> yeah man that's what it's all about yeah, Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. my guy from Mizzou my Mizzou dad so I love that but like yeah I'll pick the Nuggets over the Warriors right now I think the Utah Jazz I think are like the dark horse of the NBA right now I think that's a fascinating team definitely so anyway um I think the Warriors are gonna have some big struggles this year um I think D'Angelo Russell will ultimately maybe add to the struggles. I'm not sure if that that might be overstating it, but I don't think he's going to help raise this team's ceiling. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll be good for everybody. You know, you said he's going to get numbers, so that could help with his career uh, or keep his career going. And then it'll keep fans in the seats. I mean, they're going to go to that new arena anyway. But, you know, it'll just keep things going until they figure things out and Clay gets back at the worst, you know? Okay, so here's here's my prediction. He puts up numbers, 25 points per game. Um, he looks good if you're not looking too closely. And uh, <laughs> at either at the trade de- deadline or the 2020 offseason, I live in Minneapolis. We all know that Timberwolves were just in love with D'Angelo and that Carl's good buddies with him. Uh, yeah. He gets traded to the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves somehow offload the Jeff Teague contract and a nice prospect or two, or a guy who fits with the Warriors. Oh, that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> so that works. I guess that works out for everybody. Uh, you're headed, you're headed to Vegas. What are the teams uh, or players that you're really looking forward to watching play? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bull Bull, if he plays, is one of them, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I'd love to see Bull Bull have an amazing summer league for all these teams to be like, what the? What Me too, doing? man. Me too. I would love that. I mean, Zion, I'm going there uh, for the first day of Vegas Summer League, specifically because the, it's the Knicks' first game in Vegas. And Zion's going to be 
Like, that place might sell out because of Zion. Like, that's the kind of impact this young man I've heard it has. was sold out the first day. Is it really? Wow. Yeah, that's go. what I've heard. Yeah, I'm pumped. I think that'll be amazing. And they're playing a primetime game on ESPN. That's um, yeah. Darius Garland is right at the top of my list of guys I want to see. I think that's a bizarre selection that the Cavs made. Maybe they're not high on uh, Colin Sexton, but like two. I like Colin Sexton. I yeah. Like game. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I like he's got that dog in him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like his attitude. Like he's, he's an MFer out there yeah. uh, in, the, in the best of ways. Yeah. But uh, you get two small ball dominant point guards in the same team. Seems a little bizarre, right? And yeah, I love yeah. Garland. I think Garland is, I think he's awesome. I think he would have been a perfect fit for a lot of teams here. Um, yeah. He's but, definitely a better uh, shooter than uh, Sexton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Sexton shot like what? He shot better than I expected this past year. Yeah. He's so so streaky. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy that I am way higher on than a lot of people, and I get that there's bust potential there, is uh, Cam Reddish, and I love the. Fit oh there yeah, I've actually uh, when I had Rashad Phillips, I don't know if you're familiar. He's a yeah. NBA draft analyst. He said that if he went to Atlanta, this is before the draft, that he feels like he had a very good chance to be the best player from this year's draft. Wow, I love that. Yeah. See, I was I was getting in all sorts of arguments with uh, we did a whole bunch of like draft preview shows on CBS yeah. Sports HQ. Yeah, I well, I watch I watch I watch some of your stuff on YouTube. Definitely. Did you see how much I was like loving on Cam Reddish and like yeah, yeah, Gary yeah. Parish and Matt Norderlander are like, oh, he sucks. I think I think Cam he Reddish, definitely doesn't uh, suck. He has all the tools, you know. <laughs> my, my biggest worry with him is that he could become like an Andrew Wiggins, not like as a type of player, but just someone who has all the tools and all the potential in the world and never quite lives up to it. Yeah. He doesn't. He's have a little much. more fluid than and a better shooter, a better shooting stroke. I think right. I think Reddish is stud. I totally agree with you. I think he could yeah. be. I mean, if he digs deep and like listens to all the criticism about his. The lack of heart, I guess, for lack of a better word, he could become like a Paul George type player. Yeah, he can play I, off the ball, on the ball. He's he's tough, man. He's I'm trying tough. to think of other like kind of like late first, second round guys. Ty Jerome should be interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting fit, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be the backup point guard there now. I would assume, yeah. but yeah. Uh, like uh, Brandon Clark, I think is going to be a fascinating one because yeah. he's. He's such a bizarre player, but he's sort of like Draymond, where it's just like he's just a player, and and you're like, I I don't know where he's going to fit in the NBA, but I I feel pretty confident that he's going to fit. Kevin Porter Jr. like that dude has, like, not just lottery talent, but like mid lottery talent. But there are all these yes. questions about his, uh, you know, his character, the people he surrounds himself with, et cetera, et cetera. I think he could be awesome, and uh, I mean that's another bizarre fit. You're talking about that that guy on the Cavs. With Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, it's bizarre, but they they have a lot of talent now. They're an exciting, interesting team that's going to lose a lot of games, <laughs> but uh, they're super interesting. Um, and Ball Ball, yeah, I mean Ball Ball is going to be fascinating, right? I, I hope he goes and absolutely. I, mean, I think it's probably unlikely, but I hope he just goes and tears up summer league. Nasir Little, you feel his his uh, floor is very high just from his all his tools. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. A guy like that can only be so bad in the NBA, right? right. Yeah. That's um, I, I was shocked that he lasted that long, like second to Ball Ball. Like, I thought the Blazers yeah. made a hell of a pick there, and I mean, we saw him really struggle at UNC. Uh, he's a he's an athlete who isn't a basketball player yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has 
I think it'll take a while with him, but Blazers have a good culture, and he's someone who I think could end up being great, like could be a steal from this draft. Yeah. Great stuff, Reed. You know, uh, I know it's a busy time of year for you, so we could talk basketball all day, but I'm going to let you know. Yeah, Yeah, man. This was great, man. You're always welcome back on the show. All right. Sounds great, man. Talk to you soon, Reed. Thanks. There it is. Episode 78 is in the books. Big shouts to Reed for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. Be on the lookout for episode 79. Combo out.